LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Dean. Joining me is the co-hostess with the mostess, Jessica, and we are going to be covering Game of Thrones Season 5, kicking things off with episode the first episode of the season called The Wars to Come. And I'm very excited about this. I've waited so long for the return of Game of Thrones. I've waited a long time for this, and it's now back. Are you excited as I? I'm pretty excited, although I'm not as excited probably as all those people who illegally watched the first four episodes on Torrance or whatever. Wow, that's bad, huh? I'm sure whoever did that is going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. But we will stay spoiler free. We're not going to grab early episodes and No, and don't spoil us if you watch them, please. Because... Like I've said before, and this is if your first time joining us, what you don't know if you didn't listen to the season four recap is the following. We have reached the maximum knowledge of information that I have based on what I've read uh, via the books. So everything is new to me and I'm excited about that. And Jessica's in the same boat. So this is going to be fun for us because we can speculate and try to guess as to what's going to happen, who's going to live and die, who's going to get conquered and how things are going to take shape in Westeros and uh, across the sea over in Essos. So it's going to be a good time. And uh, we're pumped about this. This is going to be super fun. I agree. Yes. I'm pretty excited. How did you feel? Give me first impressions for the wars to come overall. Um, I liked it. I thought it, I mean, I thought it was kind of a typical type premiere where not a lot happened. It was just a lot of setup of this is where everybody is now and what's going on. Um, where I don't feel like a lot happened, but at least we got to kind of see where everybody is at this point in time. And I, I'm pretty excited about some of the stuff that is to come based on what's going on now. All the important players except Arya. Yeah, no Arya. That was kind of disappointing. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't be alone there. But I got to tell you something. I shrank into my seat a little bit when I realized I had a season open on a flashback. I know. Dean hates flashbacks. Like, I don't know if you know this about Dean, but like, this is probably why he can just never watch Lost. His flashbacks just make him crazy. Yeah, but with Lost, flashbacks are part of the story, and they always have been since the beginning, because the way they're telling that story isn't linear, so it kind of makes sense in Lost. But I don't like, now I like the flashback after watching it, but I started to go, oh no, because all they're doing is is they're giving us exposition and making us realize that Cersei's thinking or feeling something by showing this old thing she had where she meets this crazy Maggie the Frog or whatever the hell this crazy lady's name is. And at first when the scene opened up, I'm like, is this Marcella? Like, are we getting Marcella? Until yeah. she said my father owns the land. And I'm like, uh, nope, Marcella's supposed father, Robert Baratheon, is dead. So mm-hmm. right. definitely not Marcella. So I was a little like, oh man, a flashback. Uh-oh. You know, that, that I don't know why, I've, I don't know why, but it gave me this visceral sort of knee-jerk reaction. I feel like, like I heard they were going to do flashbacks this season. Like, I feel like somebody said that or I read it somewhere that that was going to be a thing. Then it might be just what they do with the Cersei storyline. Like, that might be just her thing. I doubt they're going to start throwing a bunch of different flashbacks at us. Do you think they will? I don't know, but I don't know how they could 
cast better than that little bitch who played Cersei. She was so good. <laughs> That's so mean I to was say like, about that nope, little girl. This is definitely Cersei Lannister. Like immediately she went to bitch mode and I'm like, I know who this woman is. As soon as she opened her mouth, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're like, little girl who auditioned for this part that we give it to. We want you to watch all the Cersei scenes except the rape part and the part <laughs> where she- That might be awkward. The part where she bangs her brother. What does incest mean? Yeah. Oh, nothing. 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 It's fine. <laughs> Skip all those scenes here. We're going to put together a highlight reel of Cersei's best moments and you just imitate her. Yeah, it's just her being a total bitch. Crazy, huh? So yeah, I, uh, but I didn't, I thought it was, I was like, oh, okay. So she's got these weird prophecies in the back of her head because, you know, when that scene concluded it, it, they show her face. That's the yes. first thing we see. So, but yeah, tell me what you thought about the flashback. What, what are your feelings? I mean, you know how I feel about them. And let me clarify because people who listen to this might not listen to the science fiction film podcast. Let me clarify. I think that a lot of times flashbacks are used to just sort of elicit an emotional response out of the viewer. Like, oh, he sees, you know, because a lot of times the writing isn't good enough in a film for us to watch somebody stand at a headstone and feel something like a lot of movies, a lot of people, a lot of directors, they just can't elicit the emotional response. So they have a guy standing at his father's old grave and then <laughs> a flashback of him playing catch with his dad. I'm like, okay, I fucking get it. We're supposed to be like sad Superman, here. Superman, I feel like did a lot of that. But, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, or Man of Steel, right? Yeah, whatever. Same yeah. difference. But yeah, so that's what sometimes I do. But I'm a hypocrite because there are some times where I like flashbacks. So I think it just depends on how they're used. And here's what I always say about flashbacks. Why is she, like, in this moment, why is Cersei now just thinking about this thing? She didn't think about it for four seasons. Now she's thinking about it. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm like, mm -hmm. it's kind of a cheap way to make me feel like, oh, Cersei's got this crazy Maggie the Frog thing going on. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. But that being said, the actual scene itself outside of... It what being it, a flashback? <laughs> yes, I liked, I liked her walking through the woods. I liked those shots. It was eerie. You know, you're on Tywin's land. This kind of, like I described a weird, hot, kind of creepy, dirty lady <laughs> in, the, in this place, you know, and, and Cersei. So confident. So formidable as, even as a youngster, you know. Here, well, she was. Here's what I will say. Did you not start to recall how Olbrin referred to her when he was talking about when she was like, oh, you got to see my brother in the final season? In season four, where Oberyn's like, oh, she's like, oh, you got to see my brother. He's a monster. I could see this little yes, girl doing yes, that. Yes, Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So that's what was good about her. The little girl was brilliant. And I don't want to take anything away from what oh, she did. Perfect. She was great. Great casting. But I was like, oh, okay, flashback. So I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. What? T tell me your thoughts about the flashback. Um, I didn't mind it. I don't. I understand that sometimes flashbacks are like um, cheap writing tools, basically. But I thought this was interesting because I thought the prophecy that this woman gave her was very interesting mm. which is Cersei gets three questions she's supposed to wed a prince she wants to know if she's going to marry the prince and um crazy old lady says no you're going to marry a king so you, you know Cersei's like oh great so I'm going to be queen and she says you'll be queen for time but someone younger and more beautiful will basically take take it from you she also now this doesn't bother her at the time she's going to move on to children she's like am I going to have any kids mm. because <laughs> that's royal lineage like that shit's important to yes. those people that like continuing the, the Lannister line and understanding all that, that's important. Right. Even as a young girl, like they're trained she so knew. early. Yeah. This crazy old lady says that her husband will have 20 children, but Cersei will only have three, which at the time she's like, I don't understand. Um, and she says, 
they will have gold crowns and gold shrouds, mm. all three of them. And is the shroud just the fact that they're her and Jamie's kids and they're illegitimate? Well, is the that shrouds the shroud? makes me think death. Gold crowns makes me think like their hair, like gold, gold hair. crown. I thought that too. Because at first I was like, well, gold crowns, like they're all going to be royalty. And obviously Joffrey wasn't Tom and was, but is Marcella going to be on the Iron blonde Throne? Hair, I, I think. don't think so. So I was thinking blonde hair. It's her way of saying like, you know, they're illegitimate children. And shrouds makes me think they're all not going to live very long. <laughs> Interesting. See, I took I took shroud as illegitimate, but you're saying that could be a, a hall, some sort of doom prophecy, like they're all going to bite the dust. Well, a shroud is like typically how you refer to like the thing you put over people when they're like dead. Oh, like, really? I didn't know that. I was yeah, just like thinking a, it's like a funeral thing. I, I think. was just thinking like shrouds and shadows. Like I think it's a funeral thing. Google huh. it. Go ahead. You got an iPad, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> but um, I just thought the whole thing was interesting and. And I actually discussed it before about the younger, more beautiful queen that will take over. And Cersei obviously thinks this is Marjorie. And that's why she's got this beef with Marjorie since day one. Did you Google it for me? I did. A length of cloth or an enveloping garment in Knew which it. a dead person is wrapped for burial. Yes. Or a thing that envelops or obscures something. So it, we're both right. Sure. Hmm. <laughs> but me more High so. Five. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but me more so because it's the first definition. Let's be fair. <laughs> Let's be honest. I was an English major once. So yeah, you think the, the you think the prophecy of the younger, prettier woman is Mar- Marjorie? No, well, I think that Cersei thinks that, but I there's this part of me that thinks that it's not that Cersei's so focused on Marjorie. But I think the younger, more beautiful woman is Daenerys mm. because isn't that what we all want? Is Daenerys to end up sitting on the, that Iron Throne? Let's be honest, listeners of the world, and so. Originally, I thought of Marjorie, but then as soon as we moved over to Danny, and you know, we know that Tyrion and Varys are going to go and help her and everything, you know, I started that's a to great think point. maybe that's what this crazy old lady meant. But Cersei, in her mind, is like zoned in on Marjorie as this woman. You think it's a right herring? Yeah, I think I think for Cersei, like Cersei's most concerned about Marjorie, but I don't think that's who she needs to be concerned about. You know, that's a great point because. They are going to go show us Cersei, of course, because Cersei is, her storyline continues. Yes. And the red herring could be Marjorie saying, you know, when she has that scene, Loras, with uh, that, that later scene with Loras, and she's like, maybe, you know, like, kind of yeah. like, hmm, maybe perhaps. she won't, perhaps, yeah, maybe she <laughs> won't be around. So yeah, you could be onto something there, but um, yeah. I just think at the end of the day, I, Marjorie is younger and very beautiful, and not that Cersei's not beautiful, but um. At the end of the day, I think when it comes to a battle of who's going to win out overall, I think Daenerys has both of them beat. Yeah. Well, she has more resources at this point, for sure, depending on what happens between the Lannisters and the Tyrells. And that's an interesting thing we have going on here is, yes. is that that power dynamic. Because if you combine those two houses, if they decide to be friends, I mean, Stannis has problems. Because we know oh, Stannis yeah. isn't there to return to the fold, as Tywin once said. He's there to to, to become the king. Yeah. And he's going to start by taking back the North. That's his whole plan. So as as Stannis points out earlier, that the Lannisters are, have, don't have Tywin to protect them. And, and that can't be overstated enough. Right. Tywin's I, so formidable. That's Cersei. When they're in the tomb and Cersei's talking to Jaime, which by the way, just because let's all go there... Let's all remember the last time that Cersei and Jamie were in this tomb with a dead the body. Sept of Baelor. And oh, how much has changed. I, I was just, we were just speaking about in the um, recap for season four, how Cersei's like declaring her love for Jamie. Yes, like, I'm I gonna choose be with you. you. I choose you, right. And then now we're here and she's basically like, you're an idiot, Jamie. You, right. because of you, everything has been ruined. So I, I think they broke up. <laughs> 
I don't think they can break up. How does that work if you're fucking your sister? You can't stop being siblings. Uh, ask V.C. Andrews who wrote Flowers in the Attic. I think she's the only one who knows. God damn, that's a great point. You can't just... I mean, it's not like you can just bounce. You're, you're together by blood. You're the Lannisters. You can't get away. People who fucking complain because they live with a significant other and want to break up with them, try breaking up with your brother, okay? <laughs> then you got problems. Jessica tried. It just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I don't have a brother and nobody can be like, wait a second. God, that's bizarre. <laughs> that is such a good point. But isn't this classic? And we might as well just stay in King's Landing. Yeah, we're already into the thick of things here. <laughs> and we'll go by location if you're trying to follow at home. So we'll go King's Landing first since we're... Since our flashback, it leads us to King's Landing. But isn't it like Cersei to do exactly what she did? Isn't it like it for her to blame everything on everybody else? Let's have a listen to what she has to say to her lover brother. Tyrion may be a monster, but at least he killed our father on purpose. You killed him by mistake, a stupidity. You're a man of action, aren't you? When it occurs to you to do something, you do it. Never mind the consequences. Look at the consequences. Here they are. She's pissed. Jamie's not overly thrilled that Tywin's dead. He had more of a relationship with him than, of course, Tyrion did. And then to be blamed for is just so crazy. Yeah, know? let's be honest. Jamie certainly did contribute to Tywin's death with his stupidity of letting Tyrion go. He didn't realize how angry Tyrion was and how deep that resentment was. And which he should I mean, have because remember the speech i wish i was I know, the monster I know. he should have known terry's like sweet i get to kill somebody now yeah now's but, my time and that's you know it's but that was an afterthought though he was escaping he's like wait a moment i can get right over I'm to here. yeah so yeah it's interesting that, that that it went down this way because the reality is is one of the things i wanted to say to cersei is wait a second didn't your actions in blaming him for everything put Tyrion in a position to where he was going to be executed by his own father. Yes, this is true. This is this is a direct result of Cersei's obsession with having Tyrion killed. You know, what started out as a rivalry and this kind of weird, subtle hatred, which we saw in the early seasons, turned into a full blood, I want to kill my brother. Yes. So I'm going to immediately assume that he was the killer of Joffrey and I'm going to pursue it till the ends of the fucking earth. And I don't care if the Prince of Mar, if the Prince of Mar, uh, uh, Dorn dies. I don't care if the mountain dies. I don't care what happens. I want this man dead Yeah. because of what he said to me. Like her, her obsession with Tyrion's death in a sense, kind of cost Tywin his life. So she might want to look in the mirror a little bit, but again, this is Cersei, so that's never going to happen. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think so. She's... I love the Sept of Baelor set. Yeah. It's so cool looking. The banners, the black banners with the golden line instead of the red because it's a funeral and all the black they wore. And uh, of course, Tywin, the mighty Tywin just laying dead. There's something about the corpses with Oof. the stones on the eyes that is so frightening to me. I know. It like, I don't go to wakes as it is because they creep me out. If I went to a wake and there was a corpse with freaking stone eyeballs, I would be like, goodbye. Uh, it is creepy. See you later. And so many wonderful shots in this, in this set. Like there's a top down of him laying there. There's a moment where they have Cersei and he Tywin's head in the foreground and Jamie like in focus in the background, just staring solemnly at them. It's so awesome, man. There's so many great 
it's just it's just a, a really beautifully shot episode, especially this moment. Luckily, they kill people all the time, so we get a lot of views out of the saps. I guess so. If whoever's dying in King's Landing that's related to the Lannister is probably going to end up in there. Yeah. Except I mean, for probably Lancel. What's wrong with this guy? God. Yeah, well, he was always kind of creepy. So we see the return of Tywin's brother. Kevin. Yep. Is that his name? And he is Lancel's father. As we know, Jamie was banging Lancel. Jamie was? Uh, no. He's gay too? <laughs> no, that would be Loris. No. Uh, the, <laughs> Cersei was banging uh, Lancel at one point. She likes to keep it in the family, you know? My favorite thing about Cersei, this conversation is he comes over like looking all like, you know, fucking weirdo. Like he's in a cult. And he's like, Cersei, like, I've forgiven myself for these things that I've done. Like, I tempted you. Like, as if this fucking dude tempted Cersei to bang him. Um, no. Yeah. Let's all be honest here. And this is, you know, this is a problem. This is the problem of what Tyrion has done. He kills Tywin, this super powerful, God knows he's kept the Lannister family together. Next thing you know, he dies. Now you got the fucking... The, the homeless guys moving in with no shoes, walking around the goddamn Sept of Baylor, walking around the uh, palace. Confessing to killing Robert Brathian, essentially. Yeah, they come out of the fucking woodwork. You know, the neighborhood goes to shit when Tywin dies. What's going to be next, huh? God, I don't know. Unbelievable. I just don't and know. Kevin even says that. He's like, they never would have set foot in here when Tywin was alive. Yes, <laughs> right? it's so true. <laughs> so... I think we're going to see more from this whole Lancel thing. They didn't just drop him in for nothing. No, I they mean, don't do anything for nothing. Do you think we're going to get more of Lancel and Kevin, or is it going to be more of this weird cult he's part of? I think we're going to definitely learn more of the weird cult thing he's part of. But now that you've got time and gone, don't you need that like stern man walking around? Just oh, But Kevin stern. doesn't do it. No offense. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's not even close to the Charles Dance presence. You know what I'm saying? No, Charles Dance is just like commanding. He is. They were saying, I was reading somewhere that he's like just so commanding, like on set. All the other actors are like, okay, whatever he says. I believe <laughs> you it. You know, like he's actually like that in real life. But this guy's smaller. Like he seems shorter than Cersei. He doesn't seem as imposing as Tywin. Yeah. Which is no, which is no secret as to why he hasn't really been around. The story really hasn't been about him. But um, maybe we're going to see him now and again because we don't know what's going to happen with King's No, Landing. that's the thing. Anything could happen. So- Loras is trying to honor Cersei by basically blowing dead Tywin, talking about all his great no. deeds. That is so funny. Like when he's just like, he was such a formidable man and so respected. And Cersei's like just staring at Marjorie essentially during this whole thing while Marjorie's talking to Tom in. Well, Loras is behind him, right? And he, she doesn't really turn around and face she him. She doesn't even face him, yeah. Yeah, because she's like, no shit, dude. Yeah, I like, know Thanks. about Tywin. <laughs> and then Loras, after like metaphorically banging Tywin, then goes and bangs some other dude. Yeah. During but be- supper. <laughs> but before that, let's talk about, isn't it fascinating that once Tyrion and Jaime and Cersei rejected Tywin, that his death soon followed? That is true. You That's know what I mean? Yeah. Once Jaime was like, I'm not going to get married. I'm, gonna, I'm a king's guard. I'm sworn to protect the king. And, in in Tyrion, of course, and then and then of, shot him, and then Cersei's like, I I'm, I'm fucking my brother. Sorry, oh, creep. Yes, cats out of the bag, bro. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Who do you think those kids belong to? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Tywin's dead. Yeah, it is very interesting. Yeah, 
it would have been tough for him to wrap his head around that going forward. Although knowing him, like he did with everything, he would have just ignored it and did the shit he needed oh, yeah. to do to he keep the kingdom He was definitely one together. of those people who yeah. would just pretend like it never happened. Yeah, and just because he's too busy trying to rule. But just like Cersei said, like, you don't know. Like, she was so shocked. And I'm sure he did know, but he spent so much time just telling himself it wasn't true that he didn't. You know what I mean? Right, right. Or deep down, he knew. So you think we'll see more from this Jesus cult? Yes, I do. At okay. some point, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but I definitely think at some point we're going to see more of it. When Cersei feigns ignorance, when he mentions poisoning Robert, what did you think about that? I don't know. I, I don't know if, um, I don't know. I think Cersei's one of those people who's so in tune with keeping up her public persona that she's not going to slip her own up lies. and yeah, say something mm. that she shouldn't. Yeah. I wonder if she knew that that was in, in the fix. Do you, so that's what it comes down to. Do you think she knew about Robert? I don't really remember if she knew. I don't think she cared. But. I wouldn't be surprised if she did now. Yeah. But then again, yeah, of course, of course, because wouldn't she want Joffrey to then be king? Like, that's perfect for her. Mm. That gives her all kinds of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as opposed to when she's with Robert, who was an idiot. But, um, yeah, I, I mean. But here's the good news. Everybody at home... We know Tywin Lannister is dead, but don't worry, because Lancel's going to pray for his soul. Yeah, thanks, Lancel. And he'll be okay. (laughs) Creepazoid. (laughs) Praying for his soul. So the last thing I want to mention at King's Landing, and if you have anything, just let me know, is when she steps out of the carriage and we have those symmetrical shots of the people along that curved stairway Mm -hmm. and her in all black walking up the stairs and we see the, you know, the castle in the background. It is so awesome. I agree. I was like, this is gorgeous. The only thing I wanted to happen was so I could get a screenshot of it, but it never did was for her to turn around all the way. Cause she doesn't, Yeah, she keeps her back to the crowd and mm-hmm. she's just like, they'll wait. And yeah. then she keeps walking and that's yeah. when she has her moment with Jamie. So, but yeah, it just, it just looked great. Um, I want to definitely mention um, Loris, right? Marjorie's conversation with Laura. Sure. Go for um, it. In the bedroom. One, there's so many asses in this episode. Of Game of so Thrones. many male asses. I can't even tell you. But listen, in so many times where I thought we were going to get like the full frontal dude and I can't believe we didn't. They are freaking classy over at HBO because <laughs> they were just so perfect in making sure that we did not catch a glimpse of any male frontal anatomy sandwiched between rape and sister fucking they are a class act let me tell you (laughs) i was for certain that i was gonna see full frontal dude Mm. was hoping it was gonna be dario would have taken you know just knew it was gonna happen but then it didn't so no pillar and stones for you none this week but um anyway (laughs) before you continue there can i just say something about pillar and stones yes and i just said this to somebody on facebook uh not on our page but on somebody else's and, and that's this because they said it was funny how they don't show like frontal like some guy posted they show on Facebook. vaginas all the time but no yeah well, they show women but um i always thought to myself the thing that i am most terrified to see is when one of these unsullied dude drops yes. his shorts and there's just a gash in his pubic because, area well we talked about that with theon we were scared that we were gonna they were gonna show us like theon like last season like and that would have been very uncomfortable and i thought that was gonna happen in this episode oh so continue with your loris uh discussion um i thought it was gonna oh we'll talk about that when we get there anyways so Loris is banging this dude who, by the way, banged Oberyn Martell last yeah, season. Yeah, this guy gets around. Um, he, he, he's he got uh, quite the taste. Goes for, that, goes for that royal pillar and stone action. Seriously. <laughs> but Marjorie's interesting. Is she just comes in. She doesn't, she clearly isn't surprised. She knows what's going on, whatever. And they start discussing the situation. And Loras says, now that Tywin's gone, no one's going to force Cersei to marry him. So she's not going to. And he says that he feels bad for Marjorie because she's going to be stuck in King's Landing with Cersei being her mother by law. Right. And Marjorie just says, perhaps. Hmm. She's got something planned. 
Mm-hmm. We all know the Tyrells were involved in Joffrey's death. That old lane is a real pit bull. She pretends to be nice grandma. Love her. Yeah. I Can't wonder what wait they, to see her again. I'm very much looking forward to this court of intrigue, this not open warfare, but this mm-hmm. intrigue battle, this political intrigue and espionage and assassination and all the stuff that's going to go on between these two houses. I hope it's awesome. I think that Marjorie is going to be able to manipulate Tommen very well. Oh, yeah. I really do. They've set that up. I mean, I think that Marjorie is, she's, she knows Cersei, she's known Daenerys, but I think she's very smart. And I think she can be very calculating if she wants to be. I think she's learning. You say she's no Daenerys? Daenerys, yeah. Like Why, is she manipulative and smart? Not really. No, no I'm offense. just thinking about her being like powerful, I guess. Oh, she certainly I'm, wields power. No doubt um, about that. But just Marjorie, I think, could be a lot of trouble for Cersei if she can. It's a good battle. It's a good battle of wits because Cersei is a master of court intrigue. Like she... She is a master of that shit. That's why she's such an interesting character and why she's so formidable. Right. Marjorie's kind of coming into her own now, so it'll be nice to see. Um, but you're still thinking that that prophecy's a red herring. I do. Cool. Where would you like to go to next? Uh, do you want to just go to Marines since we're talking about pillars yeah. and stones <laughs> and we might as well talk about it? Do you want to go to Marine or do you want to do you want to start with Pentos and, and Varys and them? Or, or no, you take, no, take, just go to Marine. take it off. We're already talking about the Unsullied. Listen, this is what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were finally going to show us so we would know if they have either the pillar or the stones or nothing. Like, I'm like, here is where we're going to see it. Now we're going to know since we're, you know, curious. And you know that Danny was talking to, like, Masande, like, what do they got going down there <laughs> last season? So I was like, yeah, we're going to find out right now. But thankfully, or maybe not thankfully, I don't know. But we didn't. You are morbidly curious. I am, aren't you? Don't you want to know what's going on down there? Nope. <laughs> I'm going to take their word for it. <laughs> What's uh, disturbing about this scene with the Sons of the Harpy assassinating this guy? By the way, they look amazing. Those masks are rad. Yes. Love cool masks. You know me. Me too. It's really cool. Just look at the goddamn podcast cover art for three of our podcasts. It's all mask cool masks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really, I really think, I thought to myself, what's most disturbing about this scene isn't that he got his throat cut and he died. I mean, that's disturbing. But- this woman is like, you want the same as always. She seems intimate with him, but then she's in on it. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah, that's upsetting. Um, What was my instant uh, reaction and issue with this scene is I thought, oh my God, they recast Grey Worm. And I was really upset. I did too. But I was wrong. I thought that too. Apparently all the Unsullied just look a lot alike. I literally thought like they recast Grey Worm and this was Grey Worm. And then he died and I was like, fuck. And then I saw Grey Worm and I was like, thank God. Yeah, they deliberately show him in the next scene. Because they probably knew that all those people out here were like, oh my God, it's Grey uh, They Worm must have dead? had feedback like, hey, do you know? And they're like, yeah, we know, but don't worry. I think all <laughs> the Unsullied are supposed to look similar, right? Because they're not supposed to have any identity. Similar, so, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess. That's okay. And that guy's name was White Rat, by the way. Grey yeah. Worm and White Rat. <laughs> I think I think when you have soldiers, you want them to kind of look similar. To, you want them to kind of be a, a uniformed appearance. You know? Right. And not have genitalia. Uh, sure. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> no time raping when we could be spending time conquering more people. Yeah, we can just cuddle with the women in the brothels. And then they cut your throat. That was the... that I'm telling you. So she, he has a history with this girl. So is she working... She can't simply just be working for the Sons of Harpy because like you pointed out when we were watching, she seemed to kind of revel in his death. She stood there looking down at yeah, him. Yeah, like, that bothered me. Especially the second time her. I watched it, it yeah. really bothered me because she seemed so sweet with him. So my guess is that the Sons of the Harpy run deep 
They got brothel control. They got all kinds of crazy control. And it's going to be a problem for I think Danny. we're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. I've, we've seen clips of them battling in the streets. So I think they're uh, I think they're a formidable organization. I don't know who they report to or what they do, but they have gold masks and they they're work creepy. in the shadows. So they have my attention. I am intrigued. Me too. And that's just a fuck you to Danny. They cut his throat. It had nothing yes. to do with him personally. No, it, it is. They're just trying to send her a message because they left a mask and, and stuff with the body or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it did piss her off, so. That's that's kind of brilliant. I wonder if the guy has a mask on, he goes in there, kills the guy, and then he leaves the mask and kind of blends in. I wonder how it's done. He's a good serial killer. Or just an assassin, more He's of an assassin. assassin. So talk to me a little bit about Danny. Um, Danny's pissed about this whole situation. She wants to bury white rat with honor and they're like oh danny you're really gonna piss these dudes off and danny says good because she says angry snakes lash out and it makes it easier to cut off their heads mm. so danny is ruling with an iron fist right now she, she is fucking business i think danny needs to be careful because she has that targaryen blood which borders on insanity and i think that's the fear for everything like yes. everyone who watches the show is a fan of daenerys because they're not judging her based on her family's misdeeds but if we go back in time and see what happened here and that's what's so fucked up about the whole Oberyn situation like the fact that 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 his sister was killed because she was married to this guy who was the son of the mad king it was just a happenstance that they were like, mm-hmm. kill them all, like wipe them all out, which is classic Tywin move, by the way. The Red oh, Wedding, yeah. he's like, we got to get all of them with that last name right, right here. And that's exactly what he was doing back then when he says he didn't give the order, but we probably think he did. Oh, he definitely did. During Robert, the end of Robert's rebellion there. So I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty nuts to see that how much of this, how I wonder... They're not, I'm not saying that she's going to go crazy and be a crazy tyrant because then no one's going to like her. But it's interesting to see that crop up now and again. I think that uh, Danny says something which I think is her main problem. And I wrote this down and she says this later, but it's on this topic. And she says, I'm not a politician. I'm a queen. Hmm. I think that's Danny's her problem. Perception. Yeah. Is she needs to learn that being a queen means being a politician. Right. She doesn't see that. Right. And she's. Being, like I said in our um, recap, she's being very black or white. Mm. Like, I don't want these fighting pits open because I'm against it. Like, there is no in between. It doesn't yeah. matter if it builds morale. It doesn't matter if it makes people likely. I'm not going to make concessions. There is going to be no, let's make a deal. Right. But she doesn't understand that to be a queen, she has to also be a politician to be a successful queen. Her fear is is that she is seen as weak. But you're right. She does have trouble make, with concessions. I think she comes around on the fighting pit thing, but only because of Daria. But we don't even know that she did. We don't. But we can we can suspect based on a couple of clips we've seen in future episodes. I think that Dario is the only person who speaks to Danny the way that she should be. And he says, like, I'm the only person who will say this to you. And he's right. And he's saying the things to her that she needs to hear. And luckily, I think that he is somebody she will listen to. Yeah. Because she needs that. Right. Everybody else is just like, okay, Khaleesi. Some do. But see, I, I didn't necessarily agree with him because I think I think Selmy does. He's like, hey, you know. And that's when she bites back at him. She's like, oh, I will meet justice with oh, yeah, yeah. justice or whatever. And um, I think some of those advisors do. I but just think she doesn't necessarily listen to him. They're not as, they, they don't, Dario can be more persuasive with her. Number one, because he is more persuasive. Number two, because he's just naked when he's yeah. talking Number to her. Number two, because he has an intimate relationship with her. So now she's going to be more subjected to what he has to say. Yes. But I think there's some merit, there's a lot of merit in what you're saying in that whole queen thing, because it starts this thing, this entitlement piece, which is going to be 
she has to be careful in governing people that way. And that's something she's going to have to learn. And, and we're going to talk about this in a minute when we get to Pentos and we talk about Varys, but he believes she's the one because we goddamn well know how Stannis is. Yes. Right? We, and we know we, how Tommen is. And we know how Tommen, at least we think we do. We know how he is now as a child. Right. So it's in. I think it's weird that Varys is already jumping to conclusions that Tommen's going to be too weak. How do you know? You don't really know um, that yet. Because the birds in the whispers told him, duh. Yeah, but what do they know? I mean- they- no, all apparently everything. I guess. <laughs> yeah, like how the program. Come on. But yeah, I think I think this is all part of Daenerys' decision to stay in Essos or Marine specifically to learn how to rule is a good idea before you get to Westeros because you yeah. need to know how to govern. It would be imagine if your army just landed on whatever and you had a battle and then people saw how good of a leader you were, how benevolent you were, that they just rallied to your banner. And, and you right. just won Westeros without killing every fucking army there is. Yeah. So, and and we talked about this in the season four wrap up because we saw under Joffrey's rule, how the countryside was dangerous. These people with property and farms were getting roughed up by the king's own men. Yes. So they're ready for a change. You know, they're ready to not be under that kind of yoke. And that's, Danny's just trying to learn that now, but she's having her struggles and- S- and that's that. We'll continue to. Let's have a listen to a little bit of backstory from Dario. Mother was a whore. I told you that. She liked to drink a pair of brandy. The older she got, the less she made selling a body, the more she wanted to drink. One day when I was 12, she sold me to the slaver she fucked the night before. I wasn't big, but it was quick. And I loved to fight. So they sold me to a man in Tolos who trained fighters for the pits. I had my first match when I was 16. I'm only here because of those pits. I learned to fight like a Dothraki screamer, a Norvoshi priest, a Westerosi knight. I made so much money for my master. He set me free when he died. I joined the Second Sons, and then I met you. That's how he's appealing to her. Yes. His persuasion is his kind. He's, if you boil down what he's saying is, I met you because of the fighting pits. You yes. should open them, right? I think, and listen, I like, like, Danny says, like, I don't want like a human cockfight going on, like not mm-hmm. like pillar and stones cocks, but like roosters and stuff, you know. Yeah, because um, they don't have what she's saying there is she doesn't when with pits in the in prior is is it was it was people forced to fight. Right. I think she's I think we're trying to get around to like boxing or the UFC where it's willing opponents. Except to the death. Right. But, <laughs> but yes, yes. But but no, and, and I see that. I see what Dario is saying is that this helped me. And I'm sure plenty of people feel the same way. I'm sure plenty of people made money doing it and, you know, whatever and want to do it. If people want to do it, they should be able to do what they want to do. They want to have the fighting pits and they want to fight to the death. And OK, fine. Fight to the death. If, but, it's, if it's good for and you know what, no matter what enterprise you have, there's always going to be exploitation. There's going to be some poor bastard who's down on their luck yes. who needs money who can't fight really well who gets a chance to get in there and fight against some professional who's going to gut him and that sucks but that's just the reality of life when you have things where people want to try to do shit you know people jump out of fucking airplanes so they're going to do things that are dangerous if for for whatever reason they want to and i think you're right i think giving people that choice bringing back a part of their culture yeah that, that's that guy who about comes it. in i i forget his name He's been here before. He's we met awesome. him before. He's definitely going to be around. No, we met him before too. Oh, I know. Previously, he was the one who was yes. mad that Danny killed his father. Yes, because he said his father wasn't a slaver or whatever. Yeah, he cruci- yeah. You crucified him. <laughs> he tell- yeah, he that's that's her. that guy. Yeah, I like this guy a lot, and he's trying to be persuasive because he doesn't really have any 
skin in the game too, too much with mm-hmm. her yet. He's doesn't, he's saying, you know, you have to respect their culture. And that's where she's really backing him down. Right. And he's like, okay, but he's trying like this guy's trying to broker something between the cultural elements of Marine and what Danny thinks needs to happen. He's trying to find a, a middle ground there. Yes. And I think that that's the important part of this because it's hard like when I say like, no, I think they should be allowed to have their fighting pits, but it's, it's a cultural thing. It's part of their culture. It's like saying like, I don't know. No, it's, it's pick yeah, it any cultural sense. thing that, that some group of people does and say, you can't do this anymore. Right. Yeah. It, it, it will upset people. Right. It hurts morale. And I'm, and I'm okay with culture. I'm okay with people pursuing culture as long as they're, can, they're that everyone involved is a willing participant. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Just call it the UFC instead of a fighting pit <laughs> and then it won't seem as bad. <laughs> It'll seem like pay-per-view. Mine is the referees and the stoppages and the rounds. They just go yeah, in there I mean, with swords. We can throw and... that stuff in. Like, you know, <laughs> Dario's wearing like a ref uniform. Weight classes, ring girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That would All be right. Good. So, what else about Marines going on here? Well, one, I just want to say that like Dario is like my new like crush of the season. I like am pretty much in love with him, and I just want to put that out there. He's just awesome, and he's very well spoken, and I think he has influence over Danny, which I like. And I hope he doesn't die soon, but I don't have high hopes for anybody on this show. So, but anyways, other than that, one thing that he tells her is basically like to get her shit together with the dragons yeah. because that's who she is, is the mother of dragons. Yeah, that if was she has great. no dragons, then who is she? Yeah. And you know, I, we, we can't, we can't understate, we can't overstate the value that he plays in her life right now. Mm-hmm. Because like you're saying, that that in your face between the eyes like feedback is what she needs right now. Because she takes it. She goes down to the awful place where she left her poor baby dragons. And I was like, oh no, poor dragons. And now basically the dragons, they've been living down there. They're they're turning feral. They're pissed off at her. And Dra- she's scared of yes, them. Yes, dragons are feral. They're mythical no, flying beasts that destroy villages and people's lives. It's like lives. when you have a cat and then your cat goes out in the wilderness and gets lost for a couple of weeks. I'm going to stop you right feral. there. Cats and dragons, huge difference. Okay. Yeah. Wait but, until but, a cat starts breathing fire and we'll see what you have to say about that. Then. I would assume that you drugged me with <laughs> mind altering substances. Be like, whoa, my cat's breathing fire, dude. And all of a sudden I hear, you know, Jimi Hendrix in the background. No, but I, um, did I say Jimi Hendrix? Yeah. You did. I think what's happening here is, is there's a guilt associated with what she's done and this timidness is what's causing the problem. And I think what we're going to see is this. I think as Danny grows as a leader and gets more confident and less timid, she's going to go down there and be stronger. They made it very clear that she was afraid to go down in that pit. Yes. And the dragons knew that. When she walks down there and she is, as Dario says she is, the mother of dragons, when she really takes on that mantle, right? they're going to be like, okay, let's fuck shit up. They're going to rally to her, I think. Which they did originally, I mean, to some extent. And but she were- wasn't ready and they weren't ready. No. And that's what's cool about this relationship with the dragons thing. I think it's deeper than people might realize. And I think it's going to show as she becomes stronger and less timid, the dragons are going to really rally to her and respect her. Because right, right. now they're like, what are you doing? You can't control us. So you we don't even know where Drogon is. Yeah. He could be anywhere. Yeah. I've seen some images. So he's getting big. All, all I know is it was, I don't know if anybody saw like on Twitter, they were like, where's Drogon? Like was like the hashtag and people had little <laughs> toy Drogons. They were posting pictures of it. It was so cute. Oh, that's I want, awesome. I want a toy Drogon just so I can post pictures on Twitter. That's cool. Here's Drogon. I found him. Well, I wonder if he's in the collection of these little guys or the big heads. These yeah, he toys. is. That's the, that's the one that they had was oh, one of those. Cool. Like we have a couple of, um, uh, 
toys. We have Tywin Lannister. Oh, we have Tywin Lannister. How fucked up is R. that? R.I.P. We want to remember him. We got to get a bunch of them. They're pretty cheap. Yeah. Sorry. If anybody cares about what toys we're going to buy, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think they're on Instagram. But um, so, yeah, those dragons are getting big pretty quick. And Danny's scared of them. Hmm. She had to run away. Oh, God, no, my dragon. Well, while we're... Uh, dragons on... and dogs and bees can smell fear. I don't know if you know that. I learned that from Jerry Maguire. Isn't that the movie where the kid says that? Help me help you. But isn't that the movie where the kid says dogs... Come and... down to my Scientology building and we'll fucking hang out. Okay, Leonard? Isn't it, but isn't that <laughs> the movie where the kid smells, says that dogs can smell fear dogs and bees perhaps and let's dragons. talk about pentos though we're gonna go up to pentos all right we're still in we're still in overseas so we might as well we might as well get to this and we might as well kick this off with a, a pretty wonderful quote from my main man varus refuse the kingslayer a dangerous proposition not as dangerous as releasing me you risk your life your position everything why you're, you're not family you owe me nothing i didn't do it for you I did it for the Seven Kingdoms. I believe men of talent have a part to play in the war to come. What is it you want, exactly? The Seven Kingdoms need someone stronger than Tommen, but gentler than Stannis. A monarch who can intimidate the High Lords and inspire the people. A ruler loved by millions with a powerful army and the right family name. Good luck finding him. Who said anything about him? I just think that that is the greatest like moment when you're like, yes, <laughs> like we're going to go meet Danny. Like, How awesome is this going to be? This is like my dream, essentially. I have been dying for stories to cross paths. I got Stannis at the wall. I'm going to get Tyrion and Varys with Danny. I Oh, it's going to be awesome. Do you think Tyrion... King's Landing might actually become... The most boring part of the show. Less interesting. Which is funny, because last season was the best. Oh, absolutely. Not this season. But I think we're going to see some shit going on with Dorne, because we got Dr. Bashir as... Oh my uh, God, I'm so excited about that. I know. (laughs) We're like all like nerding out about Dr. Bashir is going to be in Dorne. Oberyn's older brother, man. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see him again. He's so good. Anyway. Doran Martell, I believe. Oh my God, Dr. Bashir. (laughs) Um, and at the end, it turns out this is all just like the holodeck and Dr. Bashir was in the holodeck. He imagined Dorn. Like, that's, that's how the series ends. George R. R. Martin's like, dude, I don't know. I can't write myself out of this. So, just so Patrick Stewart walks onto set and goes, computer and program. And you just see and that fucking room. Enterprise. <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> that's how he writes himself out of this shit. I get it. Oh my God. They'll be like worst finales of all time. <laughs> Data, how long did it take you to write that program? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. That's oh awesome. God, I'm crying. All right, everybody. I hate to do it to you, but I got to take a quick break because we got to keep the lights on over here at LSG Media and keep the podcast going. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dean with LSG Media, and I am so happy to say that now we've got corporate sponsorships, so we're going to be talking like radio guys. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine if every podcast you downloaded sounded like 
radio guy asshole, that would be a goddamn tragedy. So here's a couple things you can do to help that not happen. If you got a buck, two, three, five, ten, twenty, whatever, and you want to kick it over to us every month to ensure radio guy doesn't show up and start doing your podcasts, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash LSG media, and we will definitely help you out because this is not what you want to hear. Right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the show. We have got another three minutes now. Analysis followed by two hours of commercial break coming at you. So help me help you guys get great content and none of that radio guy asshole bullshit. Head over to patreon.com slash LSG media and take a look at some of our donation options. Because who wants to hear that guy talking about Game of Thrones? Not me. So I love when we get these shots of the eye holes. Oh my God, the shitholes. Oh, that <laughs> quote is unreal. Yeah, there's something pretty much disgusting of when you have Tyrion talking about how he shit and put his shit through a hole and Varys threw it overboard. And then he basically projectile vomits wine all over the place. He's a fucking mess. And then proceeds to drink more wine. I love when... <laughs> this is classic Varys. How often do you see Varys ever get one-upped in a social setting? Like, oh, never. Right? He's like, you don't know what it's like to shit and push it through these holes. He's like, well, I picked your shit up and threw it overboard. Yeah, so, take that. Touche, <laughs> motherfucker. That's what happens. <laughs> this is, that's just the perfect example. I, this is going to sound stupid, and I know it was com- comedic relief, but there's some meaning in this shit talk, and that's this. Varys does whatever it takes to do what needs to be done. Oh, Yeah. If I need to keep Tywin, Tyr, Tywin, Jesus, R.I.P. If I need to keep Tyrion Lannister safe, I will pick his shit up and throw it overboard like he's a little doggy. Oh, I hope he had poop bags. <laughs> well, I tried to add them off of Amazon, my lord, but they were all out. I had to use my hands. Did he go through the Liberty Street Geek <laughs> nets? Yeah, Varys. If you, <laughs> hey, if you need to buy poop bags, this is where I get them. Yes, Varys, if you need poop bags, check out our Amazon link over at libertystreetgeek.net. Thank, Thank you. you. That, was, that was like the best product placement ever. <laughs> <laughs> I had my little sp- my little birds carried away. Yeah. All right, enough about shit. Nobody wants to hear about Except, that. oh, Tyrion says, um, the future is shit, just like the past. And yes. then he vomits. That's why he pukes. <laughs> but he rallies. I, like he my, rallies and he starts drinking yeah, he again. he and rallies. I, I said, Tyrion wants to drink himself to death. Quote, the future is shit, just like the past. Vomit, period. Literally, period. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my notes. Um, yeah, then he just keeps drinking and he basically is going to drink himself to death. And... Um, Varys is like, this is not going to work. Can I geek out for just a minute? Sure. I love when people refer to other characters and it makes you go, that's awesome. Like when Varys is like, refuse the Kingslayer, a dangerous proposition. You're like, <laughs> yeah, Jamie's a badass. Like, I just like that. And that happens like when Stannis in the last season, when Stannis meets Jon Snow and he's like, I'm the bastard son of Eddard Stark. He's like, Eddard Stark is an honorable man. Yes. I'm like, yes, Eddard Stark. Yes. Keep talking about him. <laughs> it is, it, it's funny because everybody's so far removed at points that it is just hearing them talk about Danny and Tyrion be like, all right, let's go meet the Targaryen girl. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And it happened in the, and it happened in the last season, too, where they're like, when Tywin's like, what would it take? How many silver stags would it take to get a common man to go after the hound? How stupid yes. would he have to be? And you're like, yes, because hound's a fucking badass. No, it's true. It's very. Yeah. It's, I like when they, that's that's when you know you've you've made a great interactive and rich world. 
where they, other right. characters can talk about other characters and the actors are so good that you're like, this is cool. I like when you talk about these other people. It's neat. <laughs> okay. Sure. Geek Out has ended. Computer and program. <laughs> this podcast is over. That's going to be happened this whole season now. When there's We're something crazy happens, out. computer and pro- when one of our favorite characters dies, it's but probably going to happen. going to come out. Yeah. Okay. Computer and program. If Dr. Bashir dies, that's like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. That can't happen. <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyways, back to things of importance. Um, Basically, what we have here is just some real fancy dialogue between two fantastic actors. Oh, so good. And it comes down to him saying, stop pitying yourself. It's not your finer point. You're not a coward. You Nobody handed you anything because you were the imp. Yes. You worked your ass off to get what you got. And you... And I can back Danny and we're going to conquer shit. We're going to take the Iron Throne because ultimately that's what Varys wants. Right. And I, I have to just point out one quote because it was funny. And this, these two together are so good. Is Varys is trying to talk Tyrion up and he's like, you're great at politics. You're all these things. Like you can help and persuade someone. And Tyrion says, I killed my lover with my bare hands. I shot my father with a crossbow. And Varys goes, I never said you were perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was that was brilliant. <laughs> But he's, he's so good at talking to Tyrion and he knows what to say and he's appealing to something in Tyrion that Tyrion does care about because there's this part of Tyrion that, that is a good politician and does care about those things. And, you know, Tyrion says, oh, can I drink myself to death on the way? And he says it like he's being flippant, but he's not. He's interested. He wants to go meet this woman. He wants to see if this could be the future. And like, I like that. Isn't Varys so dynamic? Yeah, like a, a man who petitioned, like, we need to get rid of this woman. She's dangerous Yep. when he was on the other team. Mm-hmm. But Varys' loyalty is to the realm. His loyalty is to Westeros. Right. He wants it to be peaceful. Peace is his goal. And peace might sometimes mean not hanging out with the people that you like more because they just, they can't make it happen. You know, he, that's his right. loyalty. And here's what the show is setting up. It's setting up a Titanic collision course. Well, depending on what happens between Roos and Stannis, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Imagine if it comes down to Jon Snow and those people that we love. And Danny and I know. I I can't. And where does Arya fit in? You know, like, ugh. Where does your loyalty lie? You're just torn and you can't watch anymore. Like, I can't look. You better just fucking shave your head and start being Varys. Just tell me when it's over. (laughs) Right, exactly. So that's about it for Pentos. I mean, I don't mean to downplay it, but there's not not much there. Set up. Although I do want to point out that I'm a big fan of Tyrion with the beard. Keep the beard, Tyrion. You look like a badass. Yeah, he does. Love it. Let's um let's scoot over to the Erie before we end on the wall. Sounds perfect. All right. Take me through the Eyrie. Although I think they're at Greywater Watch or something. Or Gray- oh, I think no. they're at this guy Royce's castle. I don't think they're at the Eyrie anymore. They're somewhere different. But essentially, here's what's going on. Robin is a little bitch. <laughs> He's trying to learn how to Lift your fight. shield, bro. Um, that's actually a totally different kid. What do you mean? Lift your shield is what Jon Snow is saying to the guy at the wall. No, I know. But if you listen carefully, his father says, lift your shield. Oh, does he? Yeah, oh, it's, my it's, God. Or, or, so funny. Or raise your shield or something or attack, attack. Um, yeah, Robin is such an embarrassment that they say he swings a sword like a girl with palsy. Wow. So that seems like a pretty serious insult. God damn. That's pretty. That's pretty low. Um, it's- I wrote, watching Robin fight is like watching old people fuck. Ew. That was my quote. Exactly. That's your my, That's how I felt. I was like, ew, gross. Robin is so disgusting and is going to die 
like in five seconds if he actually has to fight for real. But we don't care about Robin. What we really care about is what's going on with Littlefinger and Sansa, um, which isn't too much. Although Littlefinger gets some type of secret message um, while they're sitting out there watching. And Sansa is. Do very, we know what that was? No. But this is what I like. Sansa is super cognizant of the fact that he gets this piece of paper. She wants to look at it. He won't let her, but he's aware that she's taking note of it. They're both, Sansa is starting to learn from him, like the sneaky freaking shit that he does, like how observant he is. And she's becoming very observant as to what's going on around her. And you can see that in the conversation between the two of them when they're in the carriage is they're so much more like equals now. Sansa's so much more of an adult the way she speaks to him. Just look at her with that dark hair. She looks gorgeous. She's starting to... Is it like an instant change when she came down one of those crazy, you know, World of Warcraft shoulder pads? Yeah. She was like a changed woman, darker hair, uh, more composed, more confident in the way she just carries herself. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, it's called Runestone, by the way, is a castle at the Vale of Arryn. It's the seat of House Royce. Oh. But yeah, it's part of that whole area. It's in the Vale. Okay. Oh, it's in the Vale. So that's better. I can, that makes sense to me, the Vale. Anyway. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where they were because they took him to that guy's place. Yeah. Because we didn't. And they were going to leave him there. Yeah. And they're taken off to go elsewhere. To go west, whatever that means. Yeah, they're going to go west. Where? To a land so far from here, even Cersei Lannister can't get her hands on you. I don't know what the fuck that is, but. Yeah. Good luck with good. that. Let me know how that works out for you. Sounds interesting. So yeah, it's uh, who knows what his secret message was. Yeah, we don't know. Who it was from. We don't know where they're going. We know very little other than Sansa's being awesome. And with that, we briefly saw Brienne as they drove by her. Ooh, what's Brienne- going to happen with her? I don't know. I don't really care about Brienne right now. Not in a bad way, but. The Brienne and Podrick show isn't going to work for me. So if I now have to watch a whole season of them trying to get to the wall to see if they can find Sansa there, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> One season was fucking enough. You, you can't repeat the Arya and Hound show. No, but they tried to do it like they last season. They had the Brienne and Podrick show trying to find Arya and the Hound. I don't want to then watch them go the other way. Like they got to find something else because I like Brienne. So I really need her to have something going on that's not just hanging out with Podrick. I wonder what will happen with them because there is, she had those, you basically look like, what's my mission now? You know, she's like, what's my, what am I going to do? Yeah. Woe is me. I couldn't get Ari to come with me. Leave mm. me, Podrick. Boo hoo. You stop with that self-pity, Brienne, because I don't want to hear that shit from you. Yeah. She'll, she'll get over it. She's a tough woman. She obviously. Hurry it up. <laughs> All right. right. Sansa Stark just drove right by her and she was too busy crying about Ari to even notice. Yeah. That was slick how they did that. That, that was beautiful. I loved it. That was great. Editing okay. The audience. So let's get to the wall. Okay. John's training his girlfriend's killer. Yeah, that's what I wrote. John teaching a grits murderer to fight. That's my first note. Great was, job. Yep. We're right on that. Sam brags about White Walker and Thin Death. Yep. Sam's and getting a little cocky, I wrote. Alistair, uh, Alistair continues to be a salty son of a bitch. Very true. And we know that some deliberations are coming for who's going to be the Lord Commander. Yeah, and Gilly's like, fuck, they better not send me away. But, but you know, she does classic woman stuff. She's like, don't let them send me away. What the fuck's he going to do? Gilly, do something on your own. And Sam's like, I'll leave with you. And she's like, uh, no, because then you'll get executed. Well, then he can't win, Gilly. You're putting him in a no-win situation here. Yes. Shame on you. Yes. I don't know. Gilly's little baby crying. You don't think Sam has a lot of sway over Alistair and Stannis? He did kill a White Walker and a Then. Yeah, okay. So he's pretty much the baddest badass of all time. He's super useful. 
he's not even helping them like do no, anything. I do he's like, just hanging out. <laughs> People are Gilly's like, why aren't you helping train? And Sam's like, eh, whatever, I'm cool now. He's like, I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, taking an extra break today. I got a little vacation time stored up after that White Walker kill. Oh, Sam, he's so adorable. <laughs> he is. I do like Sam. I'm just busting his balls. Gilly, I don't really care, but it's okay. They love each other. So how did you feel? What, how did you feel when this was, uh, when this was said? <laughs> Ready for I this? I know what you're going to say. All right, here we go. You're not cold, my lady. Never. The Lord's fire lives within me to the snow. Are you a virgin? No. Good. By the way... You should have seen us the first time we were watching this and she's just like, here, like, feel me. And she like takes his hands. We're like, what the fuck is she going to do? No doubt. Iron in his pants right there. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> These guys are essentially prisoners their lives. So like. They're never supposed to even look at a woman. Uh, uh, some royal kind of, you know, super Priestess. classy, weird lady is warm for your form. Oh, my God. Can we reverse the genders here for a minute? <laughs> oh, my God. Can I, can I cry for men's rights? <laughs> He was he was he was sexually assaulted by this woman. <laughs> if this was a guy and him a girl and he's like and the dude's like, Hey, are you a virgin? After he says, I'm warm, touch me yeah. my face. <laughs> We'd be like, Oh, you fucking creep what show. What a You'd be like, That's sexual assault. A real horror show. Yeah, she definitely has crossed the line here with Jon Snow. Uh yeah. So, I just, the first time, and I just want to point out, the first time I watched this episode, I was watching with Dean and some other people. And so all this stuff was going on. We were making jokes about like where he, you know, Mel Sandra is going to make Jon Snow touch her. And I missed the line where she says, are you a virgin? And I said, what did she say? Everyone's like, she said, are you a virgin? And I laughed. I thought everybody was joking. And then I rewatched the episode. I'm like, that's actually what she said. Oh my God. And I missed when she said good. I was like, did she just say good? So what's happening here is, 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 uh, Stannis doesn't strike me as a great lover. He doesn't? No offense, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I think you're pretty cool. But Melisandre just be my tired of fucking that guy on his gaming table. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I painted those models for hours. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, he's just plowing her on his maps and toys. Oh, good Lord. Is what's help me out here? Yeah, right. You're a crazy woman. No, yeah, sure. I ask people <laughs> if they're virgins all the time. No. Do you think her interest in Jon Snow is purely those dusky locks? Is it purely carnal? No, or is it's it... it's something religious. A hundred percent. Great. It's something to do with her fucking gods and her witchcraft and her shit that she does. It's some fucking religious thing. She's basically Charles Manson of Westeros. Um, I she was convinces actually... people to do crazy shit. <laughs> I was actually thinking. Because we just listened, we're listening to a podcast talking about serial killers, and they were talking about that lady who would like kill virgins and like bathe in their blood. And I wondered if she was like checking to see if she should kill him and let like Stannis bathe in his blood to keep him youthful forever. I like Since it. Since he's not a virgin, she was like, oh, good, I can keep you. And Special shout him. out to Ridgecast, R I J Casts.com. Thank I you. There.com. But if you search it, R I J Cast. Um, Ridgecast, Jake Callen is a good friend of the show. He actually did a, he recently did an episode where he did like this March Madness, like brackets on serial killer. So I just want to shout him out so people know what we're talking yeah. about. But There's, continue about th- just craziness saying, here. Like, I mean, that's, that was my thought now after listening to that. I was like, right. oh my God, does she like want to bathe Stannis in Jon <laughs> Snow's blood so that he'll forever be youthful and handsome? But luckily Jon Snow has had sex, so that will not work. Mm. Non-virgins do not make you youthful. Well, she said good. She was. She preferred him to. to yeah, because to, then she can bang him. 
Yeah. Well, if she if she doesn't mind her P's and Q's, there's going to be a whole army of virgins landing on her shore soon, <laughs> led by the Daenerys Stormborn, or whatever the fuck her name is. Mother of dragons. Uh, I think her name is Targaryen. The, ruler of the green grass and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. The blonde <laughs> of the mountains. Yeah, whatever name she has. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was awkward. How much did this get you fired up when you heard this? I shall take back the north from the thieves who stole it. Tywin Lannister is dead. He can't protect them now. I shall mount Bruce Bolton's head on a spike. But if I'm to take Winterfell, I need more men. The men of the Night's Watch are sworn to play no part. I'm talking about the damn Night's Watch. I'm talking about the wildlings. Stannis proclaiming Bruce Bolton's death gave me, got me to half mast. I'm not going to lie. I know. I, I, Stannis is, is, I have such an odd relationship with Stannis. There are times where I love him and times where I loathe him because. This whole corruption of him by Melisandre freaks me right the fuck out. This burning people alive, trusting her, throwing leeches on people, capturing fucking boys and, you know, drawing their blood and doing weird shit makes him so fucking weird. Isn't it funny that the most stern and iron-fisted and tough ruler has this weird religious, funky blood magic light, Lord of the Light, fucking burning people alive thing like going on that's what i mean that's why Stannis, he's the last person you'd expect to be doing this exactly stuff. that's why he's so hard to trust because he's so compelled by melisandre and i don't know her motives i don't think it's just she wants stannis to be on the throne and she wants to be the queen i think there's something weird going on there and i can't put my finger on it which is why i struggle with stannis but when he says i will take back the north all i think about is ned getting killed and rob getting killed and Everybody getting killed, mm-hmm. Renly getting killed. I know he's not a North guy. No, he's but Baratheon. We like Renly. But you know what I'm saying? Same. All these people dying as a result of all this treachery. In the way Stannis says, I'm taking back the North, man. And I couldn't, the, the guy who was wearing chainmail under his clothes at the thing, the guy who stabbed Rob Stark, don't you just want to see Stannis crush his fucking face? Uh, yeah. So bad I do. But then at the same time, I'm like, but I don't know if I can really get behind. I'm like, I'm like Varys. I'm like, yeah, but mm, I don't know. Yeah, maybe this way I'll go. I don't know. You know, so it's, it's, that's just cool writing to me. I, as everybody knows, I hate Stannis for so long. But now that Stannis is at Winterfell with Jon Snow, I'm like, I love Stannis. He's the best. Nuts. Because it's just so cool to see the two of them interact with each other. It, I really think that uh, Jon Snow, like Kit Harrington, is like on point right now. Like yeah, he is the he best is. he has ever been. He is. I, he was I agree. so good in this episode, and I think him with Stannis is such a great dynamic. I thought him and Mance was a great dynamic. A little upset about the loss of Mance so early. We'll get I to feel that. like missed opportunity, but missed opportunity with that actor. Um, and, and, you know, I had read some reviews about this, like, you know, the stuff between Kit Harrington and Siren, like they just weren't really blowing up on screen. It didn't have that like you would expect. Yeah. Like when you're watching like Ari and the Hound, you're like, God, these two got it, man. Yeah, Whatever it is, they have it. And Kit Harrington and Siren or Syrian Hines just didn't seem to have it. Maybe it was the writing. Maybe it was the way it was done. Maybe it's a mixture of everything. Kit Harrington is still learning. He's not an actor by any means. He's never done anything before Game of Thrones, really. Wasn't Are he you just positive a model? about that? You might want to look at that before you make that claim. Uh, well, I don't have my iPad, so I can't. But I'm pretty sure he didn't do a lot. I'm pretty sure he was like a model or something. But you're right. He, ha- he is starting to come into his own as far as that goes. Like, I thought his interactions with Mance in this episode were good, but I don't know if that's just because the actor who plays Mance is so good. Because the They scene, knew it was the end, though. I mean, that's it. 
the scene where he's telling him that he'll get burnt alive and like Mance's reaction to that, like you can tell he's fucking scared. Of course. He and said he, it too. But he shows that so well, just the look on his face when he hears that. I mean, he he was just so good. He was just a great speaker. Um, but basically Stannis wants to, like we're saying, take the wildlings and take the north and Jon Snow's like, oh, I don't know gonna work and stands is like no but i'm gonna give him a bunch of shit no sounds shit. like a pretty a good great deal. offer not gonna lie a great offer if i was man's raider i would fucking kneel and you know what i like about you know what i like about stannis there'll be no bullshit treachery he's not gonna pull a tie and assassinate no, you at he your won't. wedding he's no, not that kind no, of guy no. if he tells you i'm gonna make you free men and give you land and pardon all of you he's gonna do every one of those things right right exactly and the thing is why I feel like Mance died for nothing is I feel like despite the fact that Mance didn't kneel, I still think that he's going to extend the offer to the wildlings because he needs them. He has no other choice. Period. Yeah. Nothing is going to change by Mance being dead except that Mance is dead. Yep. And he could have left. You're absolutely right about Kit Harrington. I knew he it. was in a film in 2012, Silent Hill Revelation, but Game of Thrones started in 2011. Yeah, I knew he had done And before else. that, there was nothing except some theater time. Yeah, I think he modeled. I'm he pretty some, sure he was a yeah, model. Yeah, I'm not really looking Looks at all like he's that. a model. He's a handsome devil. He's pretty handsome. So, yeah. Another one right for me. Just like the shroud look up. <clears throat> uh, two points, Jessica. <laughs> nice. But um, I don't know what we're talking about. Mance Raider. Yeah. Well, he brings he brings Mance the offer. We should listen. Yes. You told me you weren't here to conquer. You told me your people are bled enough. That's right. I don't want them bleeding for Stannis Baratheon either. You spent your life convincing 90 clans to come together for the first time in history. You brought them together to save them because none of them have survived the winter, not if they're north of the wall. Isn't their survival more important than your pride? Pride? Fuck my pride. Then bend the knee and save your people. Bend the knee and save your people. Why isn't he doing this? Because he says the freedom to make my own mistakes is all I ever wanted. Well, this is a big one that yeah, you're about to make, sir. But he had it. You know, he was south of the wall. They decided to attack the wall. They were. De- they decided to do that. Now, you could go back and look at the politics of the wall and was the wall just put up and then they were shit out of luck because they were cut off from the rest of the land, and like yeah. whatever. But does, does, does Mance not think that there's a possibility that he's jeopardizing his men's lives by not taking the knee like how does he know that Stannis is gonna be like execute him all of them and I think that's a problem too is I think he's taking his pride a little too far yeah um, fuck my pride he says he says it's not about that it's about the the, the the choice to be free but here's what I would say here's the here's maybe the angle I would have taken with Mance if I was John which I think he did good job I do want to say that I, I think, think so John's too. argument was very compelling I might have also said look you've been fighting You've been trying to get at the people on this side of the wall forever. Now's your chance. Roose Bolton's a son of a bitch. He's a bad dude. He's part of the people that you've always hated. Join Stannis, save your people, get them away from winter, and kill these people that you've always been raiding and trying to kill anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know. I mean, I also understand Mance's point. He's living and dying by his principles, which is super fucking incredible. Yeah, but I, I think the point of, you know, that Mance brought all these people together because they want to survive the winter and him dying doesn't help that cause. Right. That that point that Jon Snow makes is is right at, on point, you know, that is the truth. And even when Jon Snow walked out of the room, and even when they walked him out to speak to Stannis, I still thought the way he was looking at that freaking funeral pyre they were about to time to alive, I was like, he's going to kneel. I really thought he was because... 
the Mance Raider was fucking terrified of being tied to that thing and being of course he was. and you could tell but that's good acting it, it, it was and i really thought like till they walked him up there i was like he's gonna kneel like he's going to and we're gonna have this badass army of stannis plus mance killing Rose Bolton. it's, gonna be, it's awesome. gonna be problematic now 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 because man's raider decided to die the way he did how much loyalty is he gonna get from the wildlings when it comes time for fighting with Rose bolton that's and, a problem and that is a problem because John what if the wildlings about- turn on Stannis? If I mean, depending on how the battle goes, they have no loyalty without Mance being there. They have no loyalty other than to themselves. And that's why it was important to Stannis to have Mance. Yes. So let's talk about some of the dynamics here. Number one, Mance Raider wanted to get on the other side of the wall. How did he think he was going to do that? Killing a bunch of people. But he failed. So now what's he going to do? You know what I'm saying? Die. Like, what are you? You're just gonna die now? You're gonna let yourself? So yeah, it's a it's a crazy situation, man. It, the the dynamics of that are are pretty in, intense. But I am I would be fearful for Stannis to employ wildling fighters after they burned their leader alive, because if the battle gets ugly, these are essentially cell swords in a way. You're compelling them to fight for you. If the yeah. battle gets ugly, they're gonna fucking turn on you. And you're in trouble. I think there's something of importance that Stannis needs to pay attention to and the fact that the wildlings respect Jon Snow. Right. That's a good point. And I think that is something that he's going to have to use to his advantage because that's why he sent Jon to talk to Mance. And that's the only way he's going to make an alliance with these people is through Jon. That means Jon Snow is going to be named commander of the fucking Night's Watch. That's the only thing I can see happening. That's a great point. Yeah. I think that he's the only... Uh, in between that can bring those two groups together now at this point with Mance Raider being dead. I assume like Tormund Giantsbane is going to suddenly become like the de facto leader of the Wildlings at this point because he seems to kind of be at the head of everything now. Although one of the things Jon Snow said is, is I have a vow to the Night's Watch. Yeah. And even Stannis respects that. He knows he can't use crows in his fight. That's against all the rules. But he can still use Jon to recruit the wildlings. Right. So how does he do that? I don't know, but I feel like that that's Does he relieve key. John of his of his duties there? Can you? I don't know. I don't think so. I think once you're sworn you're there. But I I think that that he is the key and he's the only way that the wildlings are going to fight for Stannis. Right. So Melisandre better fucking cool her jets cuz she doesn't want to endanger that whole thing. Yeah, she's an she gives that stupid speech about real gods and false gods and I'm like, "Please, bitch." But but that's an important speech. Because you could see on the faces, everyone like, what the fuck is she talking about? Except for Stannis' wife, who's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Um, that's, that's, this is my point about Stannis I was making a few minutes ago. Like, she's the wild card, why you can't completely trust yes, Stannis. Why exactly. you can't completely back Stannis. Which is, besides the way he rules, which is why Varys can't get behind him. If Varys knew, and he probably does because he's got his little birds everywhere, he knows all. the effect that Melisandre has on him and the fact that he's doing this and torching people, it's like, what the fuck, man? You know, you're not going to make any friends this way. It's going to be tough for you to rule in North with this right, iron fist, right. which is why we've been banished to Dragonstone for so long. Right, exactly. All right. Well, that's good shit, my friend. Oh, let's just say that um, John, when they're burning Mance alive, John leaves and he shoots Mance to put him out of his misery, which was a great thing to do, although I don't think it's going to make Stannis too happy with him. No, I wouldn't be surprised if he got publicly flogged or something. That's the kind of shit Stannis would probably do for something like that. I mean, that's... Yeah, Stannis is going to be pissed for fucking sure. Yeah, that's an open slap in the face. And John didn't care. He, you know, he did what he thought was right. And you know, before we before we sign off here, I think that's something I want to touch upon. Is he not kind of 
starting to display the Ned tra- the Ned Stark traits of damn the consequences. I'm going to do what I think is the honorable and right thing to do. Yeah, and even in how like you know Ned Stark would be like, okay, well if some if you sentence somebody to death, they have to die. Do it quick. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. That's a great fucking point. And that's exactly what John did. He said, okay, he was sentenced to die. I couldn't convince him to kneel so that he could live. He, he, I'll carry out his death, but I'm not going to let him burn to death and suffer. That's a great point. Stannis passed the judgment of death and didn't swing the sword. That's a big no-no with Ned. And that's a Melisandre Not that it matters because Ned's dead. But no. you're, but, but, that's a, but that's a cultural thing in the North. He who yes. passes the sentence should swing the sword. That's a wonderful catch And I you. think that John knows that. And I think that's part of the reason why he did what he did. That's like the Ned Stark in him. And part of the reason why Jon Snow's got to be a little leery about this whole Melisandre Stannis angle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and this is clearly, I guarantee you before Stance met Melisandre, he wasn't burning people alive. Hmm. I'm sure he was doing exactly what Ned Stark was doing. Yeah, and that's, the, that's what's so tough about this whole situation because cause if you were to raise Ned's dead bones and say, who should the king be? <laughs> he would say Stannis because Always. he has a legitimate claim to the throne. He backed Stannis till right. the day he died. Right. Hmm. I don't and then know Rob if... Stark said, I'll back myself now. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> and look, look at all the good it did him. Yeah. Yeah, going to war with Tywin Lannister doesn't prove to be a great thing. So, yeah. No. But I tell you what, there's no Tywin to protect the Lannisters from the uh, Tyrells. I wonder what's going to happen with the Dornish people. Well, I can't wait to meet them. I'm so excited about Dorne. We're going to see Arya at Bravos. Can't wait to see that either. Yep, the Temple of the Black and White or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, what's going to happen in the North? That's becoming a real hotbed of impending the wars to come is the name of this episode, right? Yeah. The war in the North, uh, Danny. I'm sure we'll see a giant battle in episode nine. As we (laughs) tend to do. (laughs) That's a good point. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy. So why don't we do this? We're going to scoot over. I got a couple of comments that uh, a couple of you chimed in for. So uh, let's get to that. All right. So I got one from Christina Brown. Missed Arya for sure. She's my favorite. So I was a little disappointed she wasn't in this episode. I've never had the affection for Danny as I think I'm supposed to have. So the thought of injecting Tyrion to her story may finally make her interesting for me. Any scene with Tyrion is fabulous. And Jon Snow was great tonight. When he's not sulking or getting crap slung at him by <laughs> Alistair, he is much easier to root for. I like him better when he has a backbone and just says, F everyone else. I'm doing it my way. I also truly hope we start to see Cersei unravel. It's well past time she's fed a shit sandwich. That's a Damn. great comment. Yes. And I cannot agree with you more about Jon Snow. Yes. Like you said, Jessica. Him saying, enough is enough. I'm not going to sulk and worry about a grid and worry about what this guy thinks. This is the way shit gets done here. Yeah. He's starting to grow up. Yes. And then I have one from Nate Holt who says, the throat slit scene made me jump. That was a nice welcome back reminder that people die quickly and unexpectedly. Now that we've seen Tyrion hit rock bottom, we hopefully get to see him climb his way back to a position of power. We saw what a great leader he was as the hand of the king. It's a great point. Maybe he can be the hand of the queen. How about hand of the queen? He continues to say in his email. Who's that? Nate Holt? Love that guy. (laughs) Thank you very much, Nate. Thank you for those comments, guys. Those are really good ones. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Final thoughts. Um, I'm excited to see this was a good setup. I know where everybody is. I know what's going on with everybody. Let's get into the thick of things. Let's start bringing characters together. Let's not wait until episode 10 for Danny and Tyrion to meet people. Yeah, I am. Uh, I think I've said it, but I'll say it again. The, 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 
lines are being drawn in the sand. Yes, for and, sure. Uh, things are about to get ugly. We're about to have more wars. We haven't had huge wars since the second season. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I'm pumped. I'm ready for it. Me too. All yeah. right. All right. Well, you guys uh, stick around uh, after so you can figure out how to contact us. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes if you like what you heard. So uh, I guess we'll catch you next time. Oh, a quick note on release dates. We are going to release this, this, this podcast on Wednesdays. You might get it early, but Wednesday is our committed time to you guys. Originally, we said Tuesday, but based off Jessica's new job and her new schedule, Wednesdays is probably better for us to make sure we don't mail it in. We want to make sure you, you get great episodes here. We don't want to dick around. We want to give people who watch it on DVR or through other means uh, time <laughs> to watch it so you can comment and, and join the uh, conversation with us. We will always have a listener segment, so uh, make sure you send in your thoughts because yes, obviously please. there's a lot of intrigue and cool stuff to talk about here. Uh, no spoilers, of course, but um, yeah. So that's that's it, right? I, I mean, this so. one, this one's going to come out today, which is Tuesday. Yep. I'm going to edit it and get it out to you guys today. But uh, going forward, expect them on Wednesday, and if you get them a little early, Surprise. awesome! Surprise! Absolutely! All right, folks, that's a wrap. Bye, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one.